Hello, everyone, and welcome back to What's Your Mess? Mental, Emotional, and Social Status of Life. And we have another amazing guest with us today. We have Ms. Deanna Smith. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Ms. Deanna. Good morning, everyone. Uh, as Ms. Tracy said, my name is Deanna Smith. I am an author, an herbalist, and a mother looking to change the world. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yes, an author, a mother, and you're looking to change the world. Now, I know that you haven't always been an author, and I know that you haven't always had that mindset of wanting to change the world. Okay, right? So mm -hmm. tell everyone a little bit about uh, your mess and something that you've gone through and had to overcome. One of the biggest that I didn't realize was a big deal until I was in a relationship with someone. And it was the, the my parents' divorce. Hmm. It was my parents' divorce. I blamed myself for my parents getting divorced. And that did a lot when it came to my life. Okay, how did your parents' divorce affect you mentally? Because I blame myself. But why? I was a kid. I thought I did something wrong. I thought I come between my parents. I thought I messed it up. I broke them. And mentally, it messed. And mentally, for me, it was you really shouldn't get close to people because you break things. Oh, wow. You, you're responsible for your parents, so you're not a good person. You, you shouldn't even really have a relationship with your brother because you're the reason why your, our parents are not even together anyway. You're the reason why they argue. So if you're the reason why they argue, then, you know, you're, you're, you're a, a tainted person. You're not you're not as nice, you're not as sweet, you're not, you're not a good person, and it, it messed me up, it really did, it messed me up, I, for years, I was an adult, when I actually, it's like, okay, I'm gonna chill out here. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that, I want to go back, and if you don't mind answering, no, I don't what, happened so like how old were you and like you said there like there was some arguing and things like that what was happening that caused you to feel like it was you that's what I really want to know kids are unintentionally put in the middle of things and I saw the fights you know I saw like there was two instances, they tie into one, but there were two separate instances. I remember my mom bringing me a key and saying, hey, I need you to hide this. And if your dad asks for it, don't give it to him. I'm a kid, like I'm like, that's weird, but okay, mommy asked me to do it. And then I remember one morning, one night waking up to like this loud banging and I walked downstairs and I walked to the kitchen, my dad was banging on the door. And my mom was just sitting at the kitchen table. 
And she's like, don't you go get the key. Don't you touch the door. And stuff like that, it triggers things. And But the, the, the memories that I have the most of my parents are during the holidays, watching them dance under the mistletoe at Christmas at, our, at my granny's house and, you know, us going for road trips and things like that. So to go from, from those memories to having the, the memories of me and my dad and my brother always being with each other because my dad worked weird shifts. My mom worked for the hospital. So there are times where it was just me and my brother and my dad, but then there are times where it was just me and my brother and my mom. And we had good times. We had everything we needed and everything we wanted. And so if my parents broke up, like I, I remember the day my mom told me, I'm leaving your dad. I remember going and sitting in my grandmother's house while my dad, excuse me, hold up. <laughs> that was unexpected, excuse me. Um, and my dad telling me what happened. And I'm sitting there like, well, dad, I'll always love you, you know? And seeing my mom hurt. And so I'm thinking, I was like, okay, what did I do? Because anytime there was an argument, I would just, I just, I was there. Even though they tried to, you know, not do it in front of us. I was just there and I just remember, I remember both. And so I'm like, well, we always had all these good times. So I had to have done something wrong. Maybe I wasn't the best kid. You know, I know I was lying in school. I probably should, I probably shouldn't have lied about the, you know, the 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 C that I got. I probably shouldn't have lied about getting in trouble in class for talking too much. You know, maybe if I did this or maybe if I did that, they they would not have divorced. So for me, it was I just went through the I over I overthunk it. This is the beginning of the overthinking phase of Deanna Marie. Okay. <laughs> And I was just overthinking. And I was like, well, it has to be my fault. You know, nobody else is there. I'm the oldest. You know, maybe I should have taken more responsibility and did something. You know, maybe I shouldn't have lied so much about, you know, getting in trouble in class for talking. Maybe I should have, you know, made my bed more. Maybe I should have spent more time with my brother. Maybe, 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 maybe. And it just, it, I just got to a point where I was like, you know, it's my fault. I'm, I'm not great. You know, I'm I'm not a good kid. I wasn't a good daughter. I did, I had, and, and what kept ringing in my head was I had to have done something wrong for it to happen because they were happy. Mm, and not knowing as a kid, all of the other things that take place that kids don't see and kids don't know until much later down the line. And in that moment, you're trying to find the reason why, like you said, the happiness exactly. was there, the joy was there. And then we, they don't tell us. No. <laughs> you know, no. as, as children. But everything. You know, but yeah, you're there, you're in the middle. And, and I understand, like you said, a lot of people I know go through that where, you know, they either put their children in the middle or they were the child that was put in the middle of those types of situations. So know that you are not alone in that. and emotionally obviously it affected you emotionally let's talk a little bit more about the emotional because I know the mental was the overthinking and the questioning yourself and the blaming yourself and trying to figure it out emotionally how did that take a toll on your life well apparently it's still taking a toll that I didn't know about because I'm sitting here 
trying not to cry. Uh, <laughs> I think just remembering the emotionally it was, oh, I'm a daddy's girl. Mm. And daddy can't do any wrong. But daddy was, I was told daddy was all wrong. And emotionally it, I'm seeing everything. I'm feeling all of this stuff. Like, well, if, if it's my fault, then I'm, I, I can't possibly be good for anybody. So emotionally, you just kind of, I just kind of started shutting myself off, you know? And I, I think I took that out on my mom and my brother. Because hmm. because there was, there's points where I was angry. I'm like, you know, he's supposed to be here. But it's your fault he's not here. So you can't be angry at him. So I, I was angry at myself. I took it out on my mom, took it out on my dad, uh, my brother. There was moments where I was sitting in my room. I'm a music person. Everything, I talk through my music. So if I can't really verbalize my emotions, I listen to music. So I'll be listening to the music and just jamming it at the loudest possible volume and crying to myself and nobody knew. You know, I would go hide in my closet because I had a pretty big closet, which is absolutely awesome. Uh, <laughs> and I would cry to myself and mind you my parents divorced when I was in I was in middle school that's when the process actually started so in during this process I'm old enough to remember stuff my brother doesn't quite but I'm old enough to remember stuff on top of the fact that my mom's mom was going through a very rare cancer she was in stage four so um, I had to be, if I'm the reason everything broke up, then I have to be the strong person. Hmm. So emotionally, I grew up a little faster than I was supposed to, which, in, which pretty much damaged me because I forced myself to be something I was not. Um, to this day, my aunt still tells me I didn't properly mourn my grandmother's death my mom's mom mind you um I, I i think i shut that was the beginning of me shutting down mm -hmm. because i saw the pain my mom went through my dad i my dad is he does not talk so i don't know what he went through mm -hmm. and I'm, I've learned that a lot of those characteristics I picked up on too because I don't talk like I don't talk about it let me just think about this let me let me be in myself okay I don't want to talk about these things but I um, emotionally I started I started distancing myself mm -hmm. I became really mean mm -hmm. you know it's before I hurt you I'm just going to push you. Mm -hmm. Push you away. So I know I can't hurt you. And my brother, my poor brother, got all of it. He didn't get the blunt of it. He didn't get a piece of it. He got all of it. Like I bullied my brother. How how many eight, how many years apart are y'all? We're five and a half years apart. Okay. 
So if you were in middle school, he was in elementary, you were going through the anger and the, the, the sadness. It was, a, it was a sadness that turned really into an anger that turned into the action of being mean and bullying and pushing people away. And I know when you push people away, that has to affect you socially. So oh, it does. Go, on, go right on into that socially. So socially, now, now we're at a point my social circle was just the people I went to church with. Those are the those were the only people I could really go out with. But the wonderful thing about them and my brother is no matter what I did, they clung to me. I could excuse me. Take your time. You know what, Tracy? I blame you. I blame <laughs> you. Because I was over this, okay? I should not be crying. Tracy, this is your fault. It's your fault. Okay. <laughs> and you're still, but look, look, look. And guess what? And you're still over this. But there is somebody who is going through this right now. And they right. need to see the, the vulnerability. And they need to see the emotion because I'm sure, I know, I know I have Ooh. students that go through this and they're in middle school right now. Some may be going through this exact same situation. Ooh, so just because you remember, <laughs> you know, so your story and your, your mess is going to help someone else get through their mess. So just because there's emotion still attached to it doesn't mean that you're not over it. You are. Yeah. You've gone through it. You've come out of it and remembering a lot of times when we remember the past, it does bring about some emotions, but we have learned how to deal with those emotions, handle those emotions and keep on moving into the future that like the future that we already know you're at that we're going to talk about in a little bit, but go ahead socially. So, so socially, as far as my friends went, I had a handful again, all church, all church. It was Andrea Hill, Crystal, uh, it was Crystal Grice, Regina Grice, and Crystal, she's Shepherd now, Spiller, Chris Spiller, and we were all like this. I mean, li I literally grew up with them. Like, by the time I left that church, I was 14, but I'd been at that church forever, so socially, they kept me a kid they they were the ones that I could be myself around they did I could be the goofiest person we we the church that we went to was across from the railroad track I, I got my nickname big country from one of my friends because after church I would be the one without socks and without shoes playing on the railroad track yeah that was me <laughs> so socially it actually so socially was where I was it's weird it's the complete opposite I was safe they became my safe place I didn't I didn't think I didn't worry I didn't have responsibility um they were my place to vent because like during this time I'm a I'm growing into a teenager and me and my mom are clashing all the time because she's now a single mom I'm a teenager, I got all these emotions, I'm frustrated, I'm angry, 
me and her going at it. I can't do nothing right at home. I can't do nothing right nowhere else. But with my friends, they weren't expecting anything. We were just there. You know, they were the ones she let me go to the movies with. You know how your your mama say, no, I don't know, I don't know that they mm-hmm. people, you can't go with them. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. She knew they people. Right. So it was okay. It was safe. Um, but socially, I also, I shied away a lot. If I didn't know you, I didn't talk to you. Mm-hmm. I kind of kept to myself until I got to know you a part of me realized that I didn't now I realize I didn't know my parents and the fear of the unknowing kept me from reaching out to people or connecting with people it and so that's what I did like socially if I didn't know you I was out you would think I was the shyest person in the room and I'm the biggest extrovert ever Hmm. I'm just I'm just now coming out of that. So like, how did those friends, were those friends already there as you were going through the situation? Okay, I was yeah. going to say, but you didn't really allow other people in. No. It was just those that already kind of knew. Yeah. Okay. And so- if you were new, we did the no new friends. That, that was our theme before Drake, no new friends. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that affect your status of life? Because- you're growing through this middle school, now high school, you got this one circle and your mom is, you just say your mom is now a single mom and she's raising you and your brother. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how did the divorce affect your life and your status of living? My mom was one to always make sure we had everything we needed. Mm-hmm. so we didn't go it out there were times I remember one time the air conditioner broke and uh, again this is where the mental and the emotional clash clashed with the outer life the air conditioner broke both myself and my brother had asthma it was during the summer my mom sent my brother to go stay with my grandmother because his asthma was worse than mine and I snapped on my mom. I was like, yo, I got asthma too. Why I got to stay in this hot house? You care more about him than you care about, like, that, it was things like that. So as far as the status of my life, I was in high school. I really, I didn't go out a lot, you know, again, no new friends. And then if I did just so happen to get invited somewhere, I didn't go. You know, my mom was very... She wasn't strict, but if she didn't know, if she didn't know you, I couldn't be there. Um, I went, I went to school in my like my freshman year in high school. I went to school in Lamar. My mom worked in Galveston, so there were a lot of times where I was at home by myself. I literally socially, I became a little adult because. I was helping my mom. I had to grow up quickly. So as far as social goes, kids my age, yeah, I could hang out with them. I could be cool with them or whatever. But to actually go out, to actually walk to school like a kid does to, um, my social life was at school. I had no social life outside of school, except for when I went to church, you know. Mm -hmm. 
I I just remember making sure that I made life easy for my mom because throughout this time my, my grandmother's passed away now so mm-hmm. I had people telling me okay you got to be strong for your mom you have to be strong for your mom mm-hmm. you have to be strong for your mom so socially it for me it wasn't there was no time to just really just be out with everyone else because I had to be strong for my mom I didn't have time to be a kid I didn't have time to socialize I had to be strong for my mom. I had to help my mom. I had to do this. I had to do that. And and mind you, my mom never put any of this on me. Mm-hmm. Just like them being divorced wasn't my fault. But because I'm taking the stuff that people are telling me and added it on to all the stuff that I already had, mm-hmm. I had to be strong for my mom. You know, I had to, I couldn't break down because mm-hmm. I had to be strong for when my mom broke down. I couldn't break down because my little brother, who's five and a half years younger than me, depended on me to be the big sister. You know, I, I to go out where my mom doesn't know anybody, so I don't even bother asking to go to dances or anything. Hmm. Um, and then just it all, when I'm sitting here and thinking about it, it all happened so fast. It was parents not getting along. Parents get divorced, parents separated, grandmother dies, and here we are. Mm. And I was that was while you were still in school, right? Uh, I was in junior high school going to Stephen F. Austin Middle School. And in then Galveston, when, Texas. And then were you in high school when your grandmother passed? Oh, or were you man. still in middle was, school? I was still in you middle school. Were, so all of this was happening in middle school. See, At I'm this, over yeah. here thinking, I'm thinking, okay, the divorce was in middle school, the, you know, moved out, and I'm looking through the timeline high school, so you're growing up, but you were still in middle school, and all of that happened at the same time, and I'm sure, like you say, you were trying to help your mom out, you're trying to make sure your brother is good, and your status of life was, like you said, having to be more of an adult while you were still a child. Now, how did you come out of that? Because I know at the beginning you said that you really have just started to get over this. And I know, I'm not putting your age out there, but I know (laughs) next week you're going to be in a whole nother age bracket <laughs> i'll be 40 i'll be 40 the big four zero four zero 40 club coming i'm right around the corner i'm right around the corner so at least 20 plus years ago mm-hmm. this happened mm-hmm. and it's taken about that long or how long has it taken and just tell us how did you come through it how did you clean it up okay so it started I was driving and a friend of uh, me and a friend of mine, we were going to uh, a choir rehearsal. We were part of this, this um, small group of seniors and we were on our way to rehearsal. And I, I don't know what I said, but it triggered her. And she told me, she said, you're not responsible for your parents' divorce. She said, that had absolutely nothing to do with you. And that's the first time anybody has ever said anything to me. But I guess in the conversation that she and I was having, she picked up on that. 
And she said, no, I need you to let, I need you to let that sit. Let that sit for a second. Like you, you have nothing to, that was them. That was their problem that had nothing to do with you. And it took a while to marinate. Like it, it really did. It took a while to marinate because for, for, and I mind you, I'm about, I'm like at least about 24, 25. Wow. And so for, for all these years, for at least about a good decade mm-hmm. or more, I've been carrying this with me. And when she said that to me, something just kind of wavered in the wall I had. It was like, wait a minute. She said they were, they were, they, they are grown people. They had their own problems. And it had absolutely nothing to do with you. She says, you need to let that go. Facts. And it, and Tracy, it took me, it took me a few years to let that aspect go. But then I'd already built a life around it being my fault. There had already been situations that have taken place and that have happened because of my perspective of things. There was still the anger at my mom. There was still, and mind you, this whole time, that that was the other thing. The relationship between me and my mom faltered because of how I felt about her because it was her fault. My anger was directed at her because she was there. Like, don't get it. My dad, my my dad was very active in our lives, but my mom had custody. Mm-hmm. So she was the one that was there. Her and my brother, they were the ones there. So they got it all. Right. And trust me, I have my mother's tongue. <laughs> I, but that nice nasty come off real nice when it's real nasty. Let me tell you something. <laughs> so once she said that to me, she planted a seed that just began to just kind of grow. It took a while. It was like a bamboo tree. You know, they start off in ground, they in ground forever. And then like three years later, all of a sudden it just sprouted up out of nowhere. One of those situations. And I just remember that weight being lifted Mm -hmm. but now it was after that it was dealing with the stuff that took place in that decade before I was told it wasn't my fault like the stories I've heard about things and and my perception of them and then my perception of my parents you know and just hearing the stories and then just over the years and then coming across Antonio, the thing that he says the most is you, everyone does the best they can with what they had. It took me, he told me that for the first time seven and a half years ago. It took me, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, it took me a good five years that to really settle in and once it and and having your own kid really puts some stuff in perspective and the more he kept he just kept drilling in me they did the best they could with what they had the more I realized I'm doing the best I can with what I have in raising my kid 
me and his dad are not aren't together anymore. Oh, that's another thing that it did to me mentally because I recognized that on my dad's side, my grandmother and my grandfather never slept in the same room. On my mom's side, my grandmother was on her second marriage. My mom and dad were divorced. And in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to be like that. Mm-hmm. If I'm marrying, I'm marrying for permanent. But I never let my guard down enough to do that. Mm. Mentally, it also did something in me that having to be strong for my mom meant I viewed my mom differently. My mom didn't lead me. I had to lead myself because I had to lead my mom through her pain. Mm. So when it came to marriage, my husband didn't lead me. I let him. You're not going to tell me what to do for the past decade or so. I've been doing this stuff on my own. You can't tell me nothing. I got a job. I got a car. I got a place. Sir, you can come stay with me. Like, I got this. You know, I. that's when my control kicked in. Mm-hmm. Because I had to control the situations. I had to make sure everything was okay. You know, me and my, it was just, and then it became, it was weird because it became this thing of me and my brother, it was just us. So that was a mentality state that we had to do with, which I didn't know how big of a deal that was for my brother until I was 18. Because again, me and my mom were always clashing. My mom put me out. Mm. And me and my brother cried, my, me and my brother cried together. She's like, who am I going to talk to now? Who am I going to play with now? And I'm sitting here and I'm like, dude, we ain't never just really talked to play. So I'm not, I'm, I don't know where this is coming from. Like I was trash to you. Like I'm I'm confused. And it just I got out of that because I started realizing they did the best they could with what they had. My mom had a kid. This was new to her. My dad had a kid. This was new to them. They got married. My mom was 20. My dad was 22. They had me two years later. They were still kids themselves. They didn't know nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they got married, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, and from what I hear, they were so madly in love with each other. Mm -hmm. And mind you, again, overthinking, I'm hearing how they were before me. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm here, things are different. So it had to be me. It It had to be me. Everything was all good until I came. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like they was copacetic. They was good, you know? And uh, the more I learned that, and the more, what the other thing that helped me was, I had to realize my parents were growing up through. At the same time, and you don't know it until you go through it. I had to go through it to understand, hey, this is what my parents was going through while they had me i'm surprised they made it as long as they did they were together 14 years oh that's good (laughs) these days that's really good right and the thing is people and and as they 14 years of change and evolving that causes friction sometimes because you're not the same they wasn't the same person your mama wasn't the same person at 20 as she was at 30 you know right. it's and it, exactly. the child is there but like you're saying you had to realize it wasn't 
you, I think that it was that evolution of both of their lives. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what happens. Exactly. Exactly. And, and how I, how I've gotten to a point where I've actually, and I can actually say I let it go. I'm getting emotional because I'm remembering what it would, but I'm actually okay now. And what gets me there is understanding it, it was, I had to change my mindset. I really did. And it, Tracy, that was not easy. I had to change my mindset and I had to understand that as I learned myself, I learned my parents. Mm. As I learned my brokenness, I learned my parents' brokenness. When I took me out of it and I recognized the things that were going on in me, I started paying more attention to the stories my parents told me about their childhood and their history and their past. And I realized that, no, I didn't have anything to do with that divorce. They were two broken people hmm. who came together into a broken relationship because they were already broken before they got there. They tried to make it work in all of their brokenness, not realizing that they were broken. They had kids in this brokenness. Their mm -hmm. kids are broken. But they didn't, but they didn't know any of this and have the privilege of having the knowledge of understanding, hey, chick, you broken. But before you do anything else, let's try to put some of these pieces back together before you break somebody else. Mm, that's good. And, <laughs> and that's what helped me, the understanding that my parents were broken and didn't know they were broken. And they're still hurting from some of that brokenness. Like I can, I can look at my mom and I can look at my dad. They don't have to tell me anything. I see it, I feel it. They both go into these deep, it's, it's on their face. Neither one of them can have their facial expressions. They don't talk to us. They've never really talked to me and my brother, but we know. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm gonna speak for myself. I know because my brother, he's at a point in his life where he, he just gonna come out. He gonna he gonna straight shoot it. He not gonna sugarcoat it. No, he just gonna go ahead and cut you and put the lemon juice in it. He ain't gonna go for all that. He, he ain't got time for all that. He say, look, this is what it is. I don't want to talk to you because when I talk to you, that's how I feel. And I'm like, okay, yeah. So I've I've also recognized my brother's brokenness in the process too. And he and I we talk quite often and we shed some light on each other, you know, and he's getting through whatever it is he experienced. But for mm -hmm. me, it was just understanding that we all have a human path. And on that path, that brokenness happens. And just because I recognize it don't in myself doesn't mean that they recognize it. So the best thing I can do is understand that they did the best they could. Mm -hmm. with what they had forgive them for doing stuff that they didn't even know they were doing mm -hmm. and then forgive myself for dwelling in it mm -hmm. and once I started that process I actually have a 
better relationship with my mom now than I've ever had. Mm. I have a better relationship with my dad, you know, and I've, I've learned more about my parents because I stepped out of the rage and the anger and the hurt and in the pain. And I just pay attention to them. And I pay, I've recognized that my dad is an empath. He don't say nothing. He won't say nothing to you. He keep it in, and it, it makes me understand him more now. He keeps it to himself, which makes me wonder how was that when he was married? And then mm. my mom is she's she has a she has a, the spirit of discernment. So if you have the spirit of discernment and you're an empath, how the hell did y'all get through this broken? Because being a broken empath is the worst thing in the world because we we take on all emotions as our own at that point. And hold it in. <laughs> and hold it in. And mm-hmm. build on top of it. We yep. don't just hold it in. We build on top of that. Like we start building cities. Mm-hmm. And, and it just, and I was sitting here and I'm like, oh my God. Like this is, this is what I grew up in. And they didn't know. They did the best they could and they did a damn good job. Like here recently, I've actually told both of my parents, I say, so my mom, I say, mom, you know, you did a good job, right? And she looked at me, she's not, she said, yeah, I know I did. (laughs) And we laugh about it. And then I looked at my dad one day and my mom said, you know, she said, no, I did the best I could. And that's not the first time she said that, but that's the first time I heard her. Ooh, that's it. That's it. And I even tell my dad, I said, dad, I said, we okay. I said, you and mom did a damn good job. And he said, yeah, but I still worry about y'all sometimes. Mm-hmm. I say, I know. And having a kid of my own, I get it. You know, <laughs> Tracy, they, they always say, have one of your own. And you understand. I understand now. I understand. Because that little boy, whoo, he be having me just erasing. But at the same time, he gives me these moments of knowing that he's okay. And then I realized, Deanna, you're doing the best you can with what you have today. Tomorrow you'll have more so then you can do even more tomorrow. Like that's what I tell myself now. And I tell myself that with life, not just with that situation, but with life in general. You're doing the best you can with what you have, just like everybody else in the world. So it, that, one lesson helped me not only realize and get over my parents' divorce, but it helps me with my day-to-day life with dealing with people mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis because I went 35 years broken. In the last five years, I've been going through the process of healing that and working through that and creating a new story and sometimes it's hard for me to deal with people mm-hmm. but when yeah. I tell yeah but when I tell my when I tell myself hey they doing the best they have just like you oh give them a break I even mm. say that when it comes to my kid so I have to tell myself because sometimes I treat him older than he is because this little boy is older than he is and I forget he's eight and I have to tell myself, okay, and so I have to tell myself, Deanna, he's doing the best he can with what he has in the little late years he's been on this planet. He's been here longer than him. 
give him a break. The whole point of you being older than him and you having him was so you can guide him. Mm-hmm. So give him a break. Educate him. Don't don't tell him you got to do this. No, educate him. This little boy asks questions all the time. If you give him an answer and he got a question, that means you didn't answer the question right for his understanding. Mm-hmm. So break it down to him. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, when I when I realize he's doing the best he can with what he has, I'm doing the best I can with what I have, and everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. That's what helped me through really just letting go of my parents' divorce. And right there, let me ask you this. Now that you have a better relationship with your mother and your father, have you ever told them that you blamed yourself? Mm-mm. Hmm. Okay. It's a reason for that. Okay. Um, my dad questions his parenting. My mom questions her parenting. We all do. <laughs> we do. Yes. On a daily basis. I didn't want to add on to what pain they may have already been going through and haven't released so I never told them that I blamed myself for their divorce but I have had conversations with my mom because I never blamed my dad my dad was I'm a daddy's girl dad is perfect dad's superhero dad don't do nothing wrong mom did everything wrong and I actually had a conversation with my mom. I told my mom, I said, mom, I blamed you for a lot. I said, no, I apologize. Because I see what you were doing now. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't receptive to getting it. I, would, I just wasn't receptive to it. And instead of going at them saying this, I decided to just let them know I'm sorry and you did a damn good job and every now and then I feel the urge to tell them you did a damn good job because I think they get to a point where they question they still to this day they still question and I get why you know I'm about to be 40 my brother's about to be 35 we're adults now and they see us and again my dad's an impact my mom has a high level of discernment they pick up on stuff we don't tell them Mm -hmm. so to tell so to know i never told them that i blamed myself but i do tell them that i love them i do tell them that they are damn good parents i do I wanted to let my mom know why I'd been, excuse my language, such an asshole to her over the mm-hmm. years and that I understood her now. And I wanted to let her know that I'm sorry. But no, I, I stopped blaming. I stopped telling my parents certain things because I know they go through enough already. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. blame themselves for enough things. So to to add on to them oh my god my daughter thought that she was the reason all this time when I thought that I made sure 
that I kept her, we kept the kids out of it only to realize that she was pulled in deeper than we ever thought. I didn't want to lay that extra burden on them like that. Okay. Just wondering, because a lot of times, you know, when people express themselves, it gives people a better understanding of the situation at the moment. You know, like the way you were acting, the way you were, you know, acting out and behaving or misbehaving or treating people, you know, shows that, you know, you were putting that blame and that burden on yourself. And for anyone that's out there that's listening, as I'm listening to you speak, I can just see this is a, an awesome message for different audiences, not just for kids or students that may have parents going through a divorce, but my parents out there, like the parents that are listening, like listen to what she's saying. You know, you're doing the best that you can with what you have. And then adults that's out there and you still having issues with maybe your parents are you still haven't gotten over what your parents did to you or how you were treated listen I mean this message is they did because let me say like this because if you're talk as you're talking like literally I just called my mom yesterday and I had the same conversation with her and I was telling her and I was appreciative of the things that she did for uh, me and my brother, you know, although it didn't come in the way that I expected it to come, she was given to me the way that she got it. So she gave me what she thought was supposed to be the way it was given. And that's what they do. That's what we do as a parent. We mm. give the way we think that it's supposed to be. And then sometimes it's not received the way that we expected it to be. So right. parents, for my, my adult uh, children, <laughs> for my children, don't blame yourself, okay? And remember, your parents are doing the best that they can. And remember that people change and you can't control what other people do. So don't blame yourself for other people's actions. Go ahead. <laughs> I just want to say this to your audience because because of that thought process that I had, and because I never talked about it with anyone, I just let it pack over and over and over and over. And I started building this dislike towards my mom and everything my mom did was wrong. And, you know, my brother was the golden child of this and this and that, that. He didn't know wrong and that. I missed out on a full scholarship a full four-year scholarship to the college of my choice. I just had to major in music. That was the first one. The second one, I missed out on the opportunity of going to Tuskegee University to get my veterinarian degree. It's the second one. All because it came through my mom. Wow. And you didn't want, you were, I wasn't on a good page. So you missed out on your opportunities because, because of, of all of that. So I want to let everyone know let it go. Whatever you're holding on to, they did the best they could with what they had. That's all they knew. Mm -hmm. And their intentions were not to hurt you. 
their intentions were they they probably don't even know they did it because you never said anything mm-hmm. but don't miss out on the greatest opportunities because of how it's delivered to you <laughs> that's good it may not come through the person you're expecting it to come through it may not even come through the person that you like it might come through somebody that's your enemy that you don't even think that they're going to be out for your best interest, but it might come through them and you have to be open to receiving those opportunities. Great point. Great point. So, so let me ask this last thing. If someone wanted to uh, reach out to you later or stay connected with you, someone may have the same story and they want to thank you or appreciate you for sharing your story. How can people uh, reach out to you? You can text me at 409-795-1834, or I can be found on all social medias at Deanna Marie, and that's D-E-A-U-N-N-A Marie, my mom was very creative, or you can email me at uh, Deanna at DeannaMarie.com. DeannaMarie.com, you got your own .com? Okay. Yes, so wait a minute. So you know what? Let me go back. Let's talk about that. I cannot leave this interview without talking about all the things that you have going on in your life because that was your past. This is your now, and you have a future. So what's going on with you now and coming up in the future? Okay, so there's quite a few things, and I'm loving it. I'm so excited, so happy. I'm working on two major projects, two major uh, nonprofit projects. One is for homeless children, ages 13 to 18. The other one is for veterans transitioning from active military duty back to becoming a civilian and then also helping get veteran homeless veterans into homes. That's two. Um, I have two books out. Well, one is a journal, one is a book. I have another one coming out and then I'm working on another one. So I, I have a total of about 23 books coming out this year. 23? No, there's 12 coming out this year, but then there's like 12 coming out next year. Something like that. I think so. I think if I remember. Wow. OMG. And I'm um, having my one. <laughs> No, look, Tracy, let me tell you something. I was that dreamer as a kid. Like, I've, I've, I've wanted to be a foster mother since I was like 20 years old. Don't ask me why. I've always wanted teenagers. I never wanted the babies. Everybody wants the babies. Give me the ones the people don't want because they need to feel loved too. And I think that stems, while I've never been homeless, I've never been in the CPS system. Just something about the fact that we are so discriminatory when it comes to kids who need help bothers me. You want the babies, but what about these kids that already got personalities that you've already taught because I'm a certain age, I'm not wanted? What about these kids who have been raped and abused because they're homeless, because you didn't want them, because they came out to you as gay or lesbian? What what about the kids whose parents are out there doing whatever, so they really have to take care of themselves, but they're too old 
so you're just gonna let leave them to the elements what about or or the kids who are in abusive homes and their mindset is way past yours because they're more grown than you are at this point so you can't deal with them because they're problem children no them the kids i won't because they need to know man look you grown you've been through a whole lot i'm 40 you 14 you've been through more in your 14 years of life than i have in my 40 i respect and understand that with that being said here go your room do what you do when you ready i'm here but until then here's your safe place mm-hmm. and people need place that where, exactly mm-hmm. especially kids because as they grow up they're gonna run it they they they're gonna be responsible for the mistakes that we made and then they're going to make decisions based on those so if they're broken we're leaving a broken generation to make decisions for the next generation that's right that's exactly what's happening mm-hmm. and then and then when it comes to the veterans mm. they literally decided to give their life so we can do all the stupid, dumb crap that we do here in the United States. And you mean to tell me they can't even get a job because they overqualified? You mean to tell me this man served in a war that probably destroyed his family mm-hmm. only to come back to have to live on the streets? That's right. That's right. That, mm. I have a problem with that. I me really too. do. Me too. So those two are my biggest, that's what my heart is. Mm-hmm. The books is because as a kid, I always write books. I've always wanted to write. I'm very creative and I like to share my creativity. And that's what the books are for, but not all of the books are the same. Uh, like the framework, the framework journal is a self-help journal, which literally, literally came from the universe, came from God. I, I really can't explain it. I asked the question. I got an answer. It's in the book. <laughs> like, that's literally how that happened. Like, I was, yeah. I was oh, asking the question, like, man, what am I missing in life? <laughs> like, why I think cloudy? Well, you, you're you not framing your day. So here's how you do it. Oh, that's how I do it. Okay, well, you shall be given. <laughs> and it was given. So I did what I was supposed to do. And I gave it. Mm-hmm. One is a book of just short stories because I like reading but they all have different meanings to them. The other one that's coming out is an herbal uh, herbalist book. I'm giving you the breakdown of herbs, specific herbs, I have a list of herbs in there, what they do, how they help, how you can prepare them. Because my brain is a kid. I watch my grandparents with these big, you know, the little square lunch kids, little square cloth mm-hmm. lunch kids. Yeah, from corner to corner of medication. And I, was, they I was just about to say, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, they put pills in it. It was like a pill box. Yes. It, I was like, yes. it wasn't herbs. It was pills. Yeah. It was pills. So it was mm-hmm. pills. And let's not forget the, the Sunday to Saturday pill box that go on mm-hmm. top of that. So they remember what pills they Which need to day. take each day. Yeah. 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 And, now, and now my parents have those same bags. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, wait a minute. We're not going to make this generational. Because these people... <laughs> Back in the day when they was in pain, they go pop a pill. They wouldn't bark off a tree and chewed on it. So what in the hell was they chewing on? Excuse my leg. Like, what was they chewing on? And that's what the book is for. Like, um, 
my mom has a very chronic level of fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. And just the other day, I was reading something or watching something, and I saw an herb that helps with that. So of course, my crazy tell me, I've been I've been helping mama out. We, we got this, you know. So that's what that book is for. Then I have another book coming out, a book for religious leaders and professional speakers. It's just a book of short stories. Because what's the greatest way to start and end a keynote? Or what's the greatest way to get your point across while you're in front of your congregation? A story Story. that they can relate to. That's right. So it's going to have over a thousand stories in it with the with the biblical scriptures to go along with it so if you are a religious leader you can associate those scriptures with the story so people know oh he he not just coming off the top of his head with something like you know he can back mm-hmm. this up or just stories and illustrations for professional speakers and there's more to come after that so that's what i'm working on now i'm building i'm currently in the process of building my website with uh short stories recipes things like that different blogs um, I have an app that I'm going to be working on this year, as well as a game, both me and my son are in a gaming class, learning how to build games. So we'll both have games coming out. Um, what else? I have a podcasting platform that I'm, that I've built that's going to be coming out. So there's a lot, Tracy, there's, there's a lot. And I'm excited for it all because I thought a lot about 40. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the closer I got to it I was like you know you go through that reflection period like okay what what's really going on in your life like are you gonna live the same year again or are we gonna flip this up you know mm-hmm. and I have decided that I'm going to do everything I've ever wanted to do it's it's not too late like my 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 mom's dad was in his 70s and he learned how to use a computer he went from being a business owner to learning a new trade why he decided to go into the funeral business i do not know tracy i'm still uh, that's still funeral business because it never goes out of business well i you know that makes sense that makes sense but this this i didn't realize until again when you re when you remove your perception of people around you, you learn more about them. Mm, that's true. My mom and my dad. That my mom and my dad. When I removed the perception that I had about them, and I actually sat down and just in conversation with them, I realized that entrepreneurship is in my DNA on both sides of the family. My grandfather has been an entrepreneur and ran his own business since my mom was a child. Hmm. And it never dawned on me. I just knew my grandfather was a caterer. He had his own, like, he was the he was a guy with the barbecue truck outside the club. Yeah, that was my grandfather. But he also catered these multi-million dollar, he also Event. catered multi-million hmm. dollar events too. And I was there every step of the way, you know? I, I, I grew up in it, punch girl. <laughs> you know first one it's from the ice to the punch to the bread to the beans to the meat you know that's how that flow and that's the business and he was making he was entrepreneur. <laughs> you didn't even know it didn't even know it didn't even know it so in listening and realizing what my heritage is 
I'm ready to live it to its fullest because I understand that the one coming from the one coming after me is going to be greater than me, but he's only going to be greater than me if I'm my greatest self. Mm-hmm. So he about to see mommy just all over the place. And he's going to be like, yeah, that's my mom. <laughs> and you see, you, you see the picture right next to her? That's me. That's how I want <laughs> that to play out. Antonio, Antonio's always told us, he, he used to do this test with us. He says, who remembers your grandparents? <laughs> we remember, you know, I remember my grandparents. Who remember your great-grandparents? Oh, that hand too. Got that hand too. Who remember your great great grandparents? Oh, got that hand too. Because I was one of the people. I have been blessed all of my life. I have been in a situation where we've had five living generations under one roof at one time mm-hmm. of women. And let me tell you something that, that, that's rare. Right. He was like, but what about the others? And I'm sitting there like, what you talking about? What about the others? Like, do you remember your great 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 great? no 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 I I, I don't he's like because they didn't do nothing they wasn't nothing I'm sitting there like hold on sir first off you're not gonna talk down about my family but then it dawned on me I was like he got a point the only reason I knew about them was because they were alive mm-hmm. but if they weren't here would I have known about them mm. and they really didn't make a massive imprint on the world yep yeah. I want my kids, 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 kids. I want to look at kids. Right. I want the rest to be of all the generations that follow after us. Every generation. <laughs> I want them to be like, let me tell y'all a story about your great, 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 great grandmother Deanna. She was crazy. She wasn't rap right. But doggone is she the reason why we got this house today. So let me tell you about it. That's what I want. But and and the more I think about that, the more I'm like, it's time. Mm-hmm. I I discovered, and I'm I'm in, I'm saying all this because you said what's in the future. This is in the future, but my future doesn't exist if I didn't know my past. Mm. My dad's grandfather started an entire settlement settlement for mixed families when mixed marriages was still illegal Mm -hmm. right here in texas never knew that my grandmother's family was one of the largest cattle ranchers in the state of texas my future is larger than that because if they did that, if they were trailblazers like that, if right. they were living like that, if they had that type of legacy for their family, then guess what? It's mine. So whatever the generations before me didn't do, I'm pulling all that today and I'm going to do it and even more going going forward because my son is going to know that his great-great-grandfather started a settlement. My son is going to know that his great-great-grandfather was one of the largest cattle ranchers in the state of Texas, that we owned cities, not just land. But there's whole sections of cities that are called our last name, that we have our own, we have our own cemeteries. One is in Texarkana, we have two in Anahuac. This is the this is our culture. And we have one in Louisiana that I haven't been to yet. That's what my future is going to be. 
So everything that I have coming out is it's not only just to save people, but to leave a legacy of saving people. Mm-hmm. Because I want my son to understand it's not just about you. You are here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Whether you live in it or not, I can't do that for you. You have to decide that. But I'm going to be a damn good guide on how to do it. So that's what's in the future for <laughs> Tiana Marie. And you're saying that's what's in the future. And I, I'm, I'm listening to it and I'm like, okay, and I, I'm... What is the last word of encouragement? Because all of that right there was words of encouragement. I'm over here <laughs> taking notes, trying to figure out. It's so many great nuggets. I don't even know which one I'm going to do in the promo, y'all. Okay. <laughs> what? Like, seriously, like when you said, when you change your perspective of someone, you actually get to know them. Because this is what I was thinking. All the information you just said about your history and your past, you only was able to learn that from someone in your family telling you that, right? So you had to be able to communicate with them, ask questions. But if you have a perspective of them to where you think a certain way, you're not going to go and ask questions of them. You're not going to get that information. And that's Mm -hmm. how a lot of generations end up falling because of the perspective that they have of their their family, their mothers, their grandmothers, and they never get the information so it can be passed down. I'm gonna give you an even stronger example. Let's say you don't talk to your mama. You got a whole side of your family that you won't talk to because your perception is if I'm not talking to her, I'm sure she's telling them all kinds of stories. So I'm not even gonna bother with them. Only to find out years later when you change your perception, they been wanting to see how you're doing they've been wanting to talk to you they've been wanting to love on you but you created that distance because of your perception mm-hmm. it's a real life story mm-hmm. and your last words of encouragement for everyone my last words of encouragement You can only connect the dots going backwards. So live every day like it's the greatest day ever. And then when you connect the dots going backwards, you can celebrate all the joys and the blessings that you went through day by day, only to know that you followed the right path the entire time. I was just going to let that settle right there. (laughs) I was like, we're going to pause and know that you have gone on the right path all along. And some of us feel like you're on the wrong path. So for anyone that's out there, as we wrap up, uh, first, I want to thank you, Miss Deanna Marie. Thank Thank you for sharing your story. Because I know, truly know that this is going to help people that you have no idea how many people your story is going to touch. 
And I thank you for sharing your mess and turning your mess into a message. And for those that are out there that may be experiencing the same type of situation, know that, hey, you are not in this alone. Other people go through the same type of situation. But don't blame yourself for situations. Change the way you look at people, your perspective on people. Remember that your parents did the best that they had with best that they could with what they had. And just all of those great gems that she just spoke to you all today. Remember those, take them with you, you know, store those in your heart. And whatever your story is and what you're going through now, let that be a message for others in your future. When you come through, when you overcome, when you come out of your mess. So this is Tracy D. Armstrong, and I want to leave you with a quote that I always like to end with. If you want to stay sad, live in the past. If you want to be anxious and worried, keep thinking about the future. But if you want to be happy, focus on the present and be grateful for the things that you have today. Thank you for watching What's Your Mess. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Have a good one, y'all.